Cruise Control streams live every Saturday starting at 10 a.m. Eastern. Watch us live on Facebook and YouTube. Details are in this podcast's episode information. This is Cruise Control. Control. Your on-air automotive magazine with co-hosts Fred Staub and Les Jackson. Control. Everything you need to know about new and used cars. Control. Industry news. We'll fix or repair your car on the air. Control. Fasten your seatbelts and let us take the wheel. Now, your ride is about to begin. Control. Because you're on Cruise Control. Cruise Control. Cruise Control. And welcome, everyone, to Cruise Control. This is... As they said, your on-air automotive magazine. I am Les Jackson. That other guy at the other desk is Fred Staub. You know us. We're here live every week and uh, for many years. And a lot of things going on in the auto industry, most of which are rather exciting and, and uh, kind of fun. A few, of course, there's always a little bad news, but hey. It's a big industry. <laughs> yeah, so. that, that's true. It, it is a big industry, Les. And, you know, it sounds like we're playing the broken record here, but our first story deals with supply yeah. chain problems. Manufacturers are delaying new models. One of them is going to delay one to 2027. That's, that's, a, de- that's, that's a long time. Yeah, That's a delay. And uh, many others are cutting back on production numbers because – they just can't get parts. Remember, we saw Subaru. They were supposed to come out with an all-new uh, Crosstrek, one of their most popular models. They couldn't do it, so they're just extending the current, uh, the 2022 model as a 2023 until they can get that production started. So it's going on across the industry. Yeah, and, and of course, that keeps the prices at the dealerships high because the total volume of vehicles is isn't where it was when COVID started. Um, and, you know, I kind of wish it would get there so prices would get more reasonable. But anyway, uh, on the good side, Ford showed off the cost-effective off-roader, the Maverick Trimmer, yep. which is, boy, it's a lot for the money. Yeah, it sure is. And uh, we're going to look into that. And if you're able to buy one of these things, Mavericks <laughs> well, are yeah. in, in demand for sure. So uh, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that. And we'll also talk about rats chewing your uh, wiring harness, Les Jackson. That's that's a big problem. It is a big problem. Uh, I I think Purina shouldn't be manufacturing wiring harnesses. Yeah, and uh, plus, yeah. Uh, to- <laughs> Toyota Toyota is recalling one of its most popular models, uh, and uh, it is it this was just released, and it is a problem. Uh, so they're going to be doing that, yeah, and uh, buying it back, buying back this model. <sighs> Boy, that's a bad word or phrase in the auto industry. And, you know, cars from the 1990s are becoming kind of hot when it comes to collectability. There's one that I've always said uh, is going to be really collectible. What's that? 
That's that Subaru. Uh, I have I have a mental block at the moment on the model, but it was the Subaru, kind of a high performance sedan. Oh, I remember. It. it only went down halfway. Popular with dentists, yes. Very popular with dentists. <laughs> yeah, well, they may be the hot ticket, and we'll talk about some other collectible 1990 cars and a whole much more, bunch more, when we get rolling on this edition of Cruise Control Radio. We'll be right back. Cruise Control is your on-air automotive magazine. Check us out at cruisecontrolradio.com. Cruise Control. And welcome back to Cruise Control, your on-air automotive magazine. I'm Fred Staub. He is Les Jackson. Les, you and I talked about supply chain problems for a long time now, and... um, uh, you know, I guess it's, is it getting any better? I mean, what? Hmm. Well, yes and no. It's getting better in some types of chips. Yep. But other types of chips, no. Well, look at what's happening to uh, Lucid. Now, they they have a number of uh, luxury high-end electric vehicles, beautiful design, but... Uh, they originally promised 20,000 cars for 2022. They feel they're going to build about six to 7,000 of them because they can't get parts. Yep. Yep. And there's nothing they can do about it. Nothing they can do about it. And it is, uh, you know, you talk about, well, everyone's switching to electric cars and new manufacturers and that. They just can't do it. I mean, weirdly, what could happen with some of these manufacturers is they may not su- survive, not because they didn't have orders or even capital. They just couldn't get the <laughs> yeah. parts to build what people wanted and had this, ordered. And they've and you know and they've opened uh, these beautiful storefronts mm-hmm. in uh, in high end malls around the country, uh-huh. where you can go in and learn all about it and and order it. Uh, this this is costing them a lot of money. Yeah, it sure is. And so wow. So it's tough on new manufacturers like that that are not necessarily high volume manufacturers, but they have a niche. They have the orders. They have the deposits. They have the hand raisers. But if they can't get them what they want, uh, yeah. Do we think we'll ever see the Cybertruck <laughs> from, from uh, Tesla I, the way things are? Do, or will we see the semi? Do you think we'll ever see that? Remember, I'm on record as saying it would never happen in the first place. Wow. So, so no. I don't. What a <laughs> weird time. I mean, it, we've never experienced yeah. that where someone, unless yeah. it was like just a total huckster, but usually if someone promises something, they get it out there, right? Yes, um, but uh, I think I think uh, they're putting all their efforts into getting a a, a first tourist trip to Mars. <laughs> okay, which, right. which will not go well. Yeah. Okay. Well. Uh, anyway, that's so. There's there's the case for Lucid, but BMW says it expects fewer deliveries. Despite strong EV demand, they've out BMW has lowered their output forecasts and warned of highly volatile second half yep. of 2022. 20, uh, and uh, supplies of uh, energy in Europe and chips worldwide are two of the main features or reasons why uh, 
that they'll be tightened. You know, the supplies of these vehicles will be tightened. They just can't build them. It's got to be the most frustrating thing in the world. People want them. You have personnel to build them, but you don't have the yep. parts or yep. you don't even have the gas to to run the machinery, right? People are paying a premium to get them. Yeah. And you can't build them. And you can't build it's, them. So, uh, man, it's like World War II. You know, you couldn't get buy a car. Right. In 1942. Right. And they were, or, or, and some of them at the early part of the war, they would put, put on like a wood bumper to save some (laughs) of the steel. Now talk about collectible. If you could find a car that came from the factory with a wood bumper. Oh man. And, and they were putting used tires on them. Oh, that's a great idea. At the factories. <laughs> that is a great idea. <laughs> I mean, the only time yeah. you want to do that is to like, well, we got to push that one aside and just roll it in the shop somewhere. It's not like, that's hey, right. here's your new, here's your new Ford, and uh, don't look at that right rear tire; it's a little thin. I, I hope we haven't given Elon Musk an idea. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> He'll go the, to where they dump all those tires <laughs> yeah. in the swamps and just pull one out. It's like, hey, here's a white wall, a uh, a, a truck tire, yep. uh, some kind of off-road mudder and a, tire. And a bias belted wide oval. Yeah, and you got a tractor tire for the front. Uh, <laughs> front. Uh, well, BMW has said the new, the all-new BMW 3 Series built on the new class or new class um, platform right. Will only arrive by 2027. Now, the current generation, the G20, will live on longer than originally planned. No kidding. Yeah. Um, Why would you even announce it? I, I, I don't know. It seems like you have plenty of time to wait to announce that, but I don't know why it's. This is kind of a rumor mill uh, situation. We'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, and what their plans might be, and uh, will it even have an internal combustion engine? Well, we'll find out when we come back on Cruise Control. I'm Fred Staub. He is Les Jackson. We're taking you on a ride around the automotive industry, so stay tuned. That's coming up and more. Cruise Control. Hey, welcome back to Cruise Control. We, uh, we, you know, we, we, are continuing with the good news, uh, the models you sort of can get. (laughs) (laughs) Sort of. You can look at them. (laughs) I guess that doesn't count as good news. No, Um, no. We were talking about BMW and their new class, uh, new class architecture. There will be, by the way, a internal combustion version of that, as well as an all electric version. But, uh, this is going to not be available to 2027. Talk about into um, the future. Uh, I mean, they just can't do it, I guess. Why even plan a model five years out? It, things change. Yeah. Um, it just, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even talk about it. Well, the current, according to this article that was in CarBuzz, the current uh, G20 series. 3 Series will receive yet another update in 2024 to keep it fresh, and then it will soldier on a couple of more years until 2027. Mm. 
arrives. So, so there you have it's it. Like the like the seventies Corvettes. They <laughs> yeah, they used the same frame from nineteen sixty three, right? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, sixty three all the way through nineteen eighty two, two or three. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, that that is. <laughs> That is crazy. When you say that, people don't believe it, but it's the same frame. It, it is, is the true. same frame. Same chassis. And the body got swapped in uh, 68. Yep. And that that was a uh, troublesome year for Corvette. Uh, that, they had fit, body fit, panel fit problems. And electrical that, problems. And electrical problems. And uh, T-tops blew off at, at 100 miles an hour, which was annoying. <laughs> yes, um, makes a big mess. Hey, let's talk a little bit about uh, another vehicle that's been a bit of a unobtainium, and that is the Ford Maverick. They have a new Maverick Tremor off-road package, um, and it is uh, is a pretty cool little package. It's not like you know, it's not like a Raptor, but it's got a one-inch lift for greater cr- ground clearance. Exclusive trail control, which is sort of like cruise control for your vehicle when you're on the trail. You set it, and uh, you're not going to go 50 miles an hour on the trail with this, but you no. could go three miles an hour and just kind of crawl along and and concentrate on driving. Uh, unique off-road uh, tailored front and rear suspension. Advanced all-wheel drive with four-wheel drive lock. A two-liter EcoBoost engine. And distinctive tremor cues, including blacked-out Ford logos, headlamps, yep. tail lamps, now, uh, orange tow hooks, and more. Now, if you order one of these, um, when do you think you'd get it? Twenty twenty-seven. No, I, I would think maybe next year, sometime early, early next year. Yeah. Uh, great little truck. I have not driven this yet. You have. You loved it. I have. I, I, I just, I can't speak higher of it. It's, it is really a pleasant thing to drive. I can see why people are loving the thing and, you know, offering big bucks for them. Once again, though, wouldn't Ford love to have like an unlimited supply of these things that they could just like, yep, we've got like yeah. 20 on the lot, you know, yep. take a pick. And uh, and come back and tell us which one you want. Uh, it's it's great that I think Ford has been putting together these. You know, we've we've seen this in their crossovers where they did a little bit of a lift, a little bit of a toughening up. But they must see a market for um, four wheel drive pickups where it's not the full on Raptor. It's not the full on you know, uh, Silverado, it is, it is something in between where you get a little bit of the looks, you actually get usable stuff. So it's not just stickers and wheels. You get a little bit of a lift, which does increase right. capability a bit, a little bit of, uh, technology to, to, uh, boost the all wheel drive capability and a little bit of an appearance. And this must be, just be a market that we're we're going to see more vehicles like this. The the, the slightly um, yeah. improved off roader. I look at these as kind of the um, modern equivalent of the early '60s Woodies. 
the woody wagons that were kind of off-road on the beaches, mm -hmm. uh, surfboards on top, you know, lots of girls in bikinis. I think this is just <laughs> one of these fun get-off-the-highway uh, vehicles to, to to just play with. Yeah, yeah, it is, and it, and and if you're using the if you're using the vehicle every day to go places, you don't need the huge lift with the choppy tires that make that no. whirring sound when you go down the highway. And, you know, it's enough of a tough look. It's enough of capability to kind of set you apart, but it's not going to be something that's going to make it ridiculous uh, that you're ready to uh, go on the Rubicon Trail when you really you only need to park in the parking garage, right? Yeah, I've especially in this hot weather. I see a lot of these guys in their jeeps with all the doors off and everything, I, and the, you and I the massive tires. Yeah, uh, and they they look real uncomfortable. You know what I saw the other day? A guy was driving a jeep with his foot out the the driver's door. You know, right next to the uh, window, the uh, the uh, windshield post, completely <sighs> sticking out there, driving along. That's well, kind that's, of a bad idea, I think, don't you? Yeah, that's um, unless you're looking to give an orthopedic surgeon some some work. <laughs> uh, that's I think that's it. He's an advertisement for <laughs> for, uh, for parts swap, hip replacements, <laughs> hip replacement, foot repair, yep. all that. Yeah, yeah. Don't do that. That's and don't please don't put your feet up on the airbag uh, on the passenger side. No, if you do that. Your toes uh, will end crash, up past your ears. You, yes, you are going to be gravely injured. Yep. Yeah, it's not designed to work that way. So that's our summer nope. driving tips here on cruise control. Um, let's talk a little bit about rats chewing harnesses. This was a, uh, <laughs> this was a story from the New York Times, and apparently, what they've done is they've made. The wiring harnesses a little bit more organic and uh, less just heavy plastic. And this stuff is really uh, rats are digging it. it. it well, it's, <laughs> and rodents it's, it. a lot of it's soy based. Yeah, and, um, and, and it, the the rodent can smell the organic food material in it. Right, and the, and they're enhanced by that. Plus, there's a lot of garbage sitting around. This, according to Michael H. Parsons, a Fordham University research yep. scholar, that uh, with restaurants shutting down, a lot of empty places, you know, it attracts rodents. Now, if you've never been to New York City, you know, you go down in the uh, subway and you see them running around on the tracks all the time, and they're big. Yeah, you always see them. You know, it's not there's. There's a great video that's been on the internet for the last year or so of a rat going down the stairs in the subway with pizza, with a piece of pizza. In its mouth. <laughs> yeah, it's a New York rat. They like who? What, hey. doesn't like pizza? You know. <laughs> um, I had a story where I had a a van from a press fleet, and I had to go into the city. And it was, uh, you know, you're going on Long Island Expressway, a very difficult road. All of a sudden, the vehicle goes into limp home mode. Lights go on. Everything says it's failing. It's shuddering, yep. right? And I, uh, and I nursed it to where I had to go. And uh, I opened the hood, and it was loaded with nuts underneath. And I think a squirrel had bitten through one of the vacuum lines. So, sure. So I went to Home Depot, 
and I went and found ice maker tubing and, and jammed <laughs> together the line with some uh, gaffer tape. And it worked. It it like I started it up. It had to learn for like two minutes, and then it was fine. And the guys at uh, the car delivery place were very impressed. I said, "Well, it's not a final fix, but at least it works." <laughs> sure, it's. A, I, you know what? I'll bet that is still in there. <laughs> it's still in there. <laughs> Cars been sold at auction, and they're like, "Yeah, that's that's factory." Yeah. Hey, when we oh, come yeah. back, we're going to tell you about Toyota buying back one of its newest models. That's not good. And mm. hot collector cars from the '90s. Les and I have our picks, so stay tuned. We are live every Saturday at 10 a.m. Eastern. Watch us on Facebook and YouTube. Details are in this podcast's episode information. Cruise Control. And welcome back to Cruise Control, your on-air automotive magazine. I'm Fred Staub. He is Les Jackson. And uh, we're going to talk about something that's not great for Toyota. The BZ4X. One well, worst name. This is what happens when you come up with a ridiculous name. <laughs> yeah, it is one. Of the, it is their first electric vehicle. I actually look forward to driving it, but well, not now. You don't. No, electric, e l e c t r e k, publication reported that Toyota sent letters to buyers, advising them to continue to avoid driving this vehicle. Uh, they are buying them back because the wheel can fall off. Well, abrupt acceleration could cause the vehicle's hub bolts to loosen, making it more likely that a wheel would fall off. So not the lug nuts, but the, what holds on the hub. And that that's really serious. So it's nothing to do with it being an electric vehicle. It's just a manufacturing. Of course, this BZ4X is also the Subaru Solterra, which means that is also being recalled. Well, sure. Now, none of these vehicles has yet been delivered to the U.S., but uh, in other areas of the world, they are just people are buying them back. You can imagine that is embarrassing to Toyota, isn't it? It's uh, very embarrassing because you could easily lose the buyer. Yeah. Um, shaken faith. It's just not the, think Toyota, the It's just not Toyota's way of doing things, you know? No. So, yeah, think of the money that's involved in buying that back. And, you know, it's it's big. It's big and it's embarrassing. So. Hey, and on top of that, they may not be able to even give you a model, an alternate model that you're willing to buy. Yeah. So well, we don't have any of those. What's the problem? I wonder. Is it they just were not torqued properly at the factory, or is no, it a it's manufacturing probably, it's problem? Probably the forging. Wow. You know, of the shaft, uh, it's probably uh, improperly forged. Uh, it might have. Uh, micro cracks in it it could have voids wow uh but if it's shearing off <laughs> not a good thing call them all back yeah not a good thing i don't know how many of them are out there but certainly 
that's a vehicle that's going to be delayed coming to the U.S., I would say. Yep. Yeah. Sure is. Hey, we always like to point out very safe vehicles, and Subaru scored a big, big, big victory. Uh, Subaru Outback, the only model to earn the top rating in the latest IIHS side impact testing. The only mid-sized car among those tested to earn the rating good, which is a good rating. It's not It's not like, oh, thank you, that's adequate. Yeah. Uh, and it is the second Subaru model to secure the top rating for the new IIHS test. So that is big news for them, isn't it? It is, especially, you know, the test, the impact speed is actually increased. Yep. Uh, from 31 to 37. Yep. MP. That's, that's, that's a lot of energy. Yeah. So it's a heavier barrier traveling faster and it did, it did well. So that's, uh, that's good news for Subaru and, uh, and the Outback. And, uh, we figured we just wanted to call out something that's really good, right? Yeah. They should be proud. Oh, I think so. I, I think so. Uh, Probably a lot of manufacturers are not proud of some of the vehicles they built in the 90s. I guess, <laughs> well, the mid 80s. Geo Metro might. Uh... <laughs> the, uh, uh, the late 80s and the early 90s are typically referred to in the automotive journalist world as the malaise era, where yeah. it, it was very cheap interiors slug-like performance, um, just nothing of value, right? <laughs> nothing. That's that, right. That, um, remember the X cars? Oh, yeah. They Like the Chevy Citation, and there's a whole other. I mean, it oh, was the boy. second. Ford Astro Van. <laughs> Ford Astro Van, yeah. <laughs> it, no, Ford, no, Astro Van. Is Chevy? Uh, that was Chevy. Yeah. What was the Ford van? I remember that. Aer oh, Aerostar. Aerostar. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. It had an engine that was impossible to work on. It was absolutely under the yeah, dash. completely inaccessible. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. A lot of forgettable vehicles. Well, over at Bring a Trailer, they say the average value of a '90s vehicle on bring a trailer has risen 82 percent from 2020 mm. to 2022 and that is uh driving what is considered collectible right well yeah um and by the way 1993 geo metro lsi convertible is on the list at eleven thousand <laughs> six seventy one. Well, I guess I won't be able to sell my Daihatsu new Bira. <laughs> oh, God, that brings back a memory. <laughs> so um, CEO Randy Nonnenberg says collector automobiles go through a cycle where they are forgotten for a decade or two right. before nostalgia drives them. They're now financially stable fans to buy them up. Right now, we're seeing 90s becoming the new 50s when it comes to collectors who are uh, and enthusiasts who are seeking them out. Uh, well, some of these uh, I, I even felt at the time, um, 
would have the value, like the Nissan Sentra SCR. Yep. Because uh, that was a hot little car. Yeah, hot little car. Uh, Volkswagen Eurovan. You hated that. I, <laughs> I reviewed one of those uh, for the Washington Times, and I, I said it was just dangerously dreadful. <laughs> it was grossly underpowered. Now, I agree with this one. 1993 Jeep Cherokee, one sold for 19250 Those little Cherokees were great with the straight six. Yeah, they were super yeah. off-roaders. There's all kind of stuff to lift them and, and make them really good off-roaders. Kind of sad to see that price that high, though. You know, that's... It's. It used to be uh, there were there was a ten thousand dollar range of collector cars, and then there was like a a twenty thousand dollar range. Yep. Everything's gone up collector cars wise, you know. Way up. You know. So, uh, let's take a look at some of these nineteen ninety GMC Jimmy. I guess the Jimmy uh, was the full size, and then there was an S ten Jimmy too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, not interested in those. I, I would have no idea of what their appeal is. So just what's the Saab nine hundred SPG? Do you remember that? I was going to ask you that. I, I think, I think that's the convertible, isn't it? What was the name? I I think I got it. It was the Vigan, right? The performance version. The Vigan, of- yeah. The Vigan was the performance trim. It was also known as the torque steer edition because when, when you Massive. got into the throttle and cowl shake edition, That's it had right. both. It had cowl shake, yeah, which is where it feels like the car, the front half is going one way and the, the rear half yeah. is going the other. And and torque steer, when you got on the throttle, it would pull right. Um, I was at an event in one of those and I swear the torque and I just laid into it and the torque steer was so great. I actually thought I could do a J turn in the same lane <laughs> without the use without the using the brake. brake. <laughs> uh, it was, it was scary torque steer. Toyota Celica 1991, 33,000. Those were always, you know, desirable. I think I would say some of the Camaros and the Firebird, especially the ones modified by SLP, mm-hmm. Street Legal Performance, that were done for the um, – they did some aftermarket and they did some uh, for GM. I think those would be some collectibles. What do you think? Um, and we talked earlier, I, the Mitsubishi uh, 3000 GT VR4, spectacular. Yep. Uh, sports car that's those are super collectible you know what else is obscure but i believe really collectible what's that's that? the sterling oh the sterling right well who that was two that was an english that was a- rover made the car and honda made the engine transmission drivetrain so the electrics may not work, but the engine will <laughs> do a great. That's right. The headlights seemed, you won't you won't be able yeah. to see with the headlights, but it's it seemed like a good marriage of components. Yeah, um, it, it wasn't, but yeah. uh, but it's a beautiful car, very very luxurious inside. Collectible cars from the '90s. What do you think? Let us know in the comments. What car will be collectible from the 90s? We like to know. Hey, I'm Fred Staub. He is Les Jackson. When we come back, we've got plenty more cruise control. So stay tuned. 
Cruise Control is your on-air automotive magazine. Check us out at cruisecontrolradio.com. Cruise Control. And welcome back to Cruise Control. Fred and I were just going through the collectible cars of the 90s. Uh, by all means, as Fred said, if you have a, a, a selection, a choice of one, let us know what it is. Uh, yeah. We'll mention it. Yeah. You know, uh, the the cost of collectability <laughs> has gone up. Have you noticed a lot of Corvettes that were always in the 20 to 25, like like some of the C3s, yeah. the, the coupes were 20, the, the convertibles were 25 for the longest time. They've now moved up 10 grand, you know? They have. Uh, and, and they were sort of in the same place for like 20 years. Yeah. Um, yeah. But now everything's up. And speaking of collectible. Yeah. Uh, and, and you can't say collectible without, you know, the original 64 Mustang, 64 and a half uh-huh. Mustang and the ring brothers uh, who are a, a builder. Yep. A custom builder. They have created Man, oh man, uh, this it's a perfect, a perfect uh, Mustang convertible. Um, but they actually built the car. They didn't assemble it. They they built it. They built and, it. They fa- they are when I've seen their works at SEMA. It is. Yeah. You just stand there for hours and you find new stuff, new details. It's, the detail is phenomenal, and and the and the level of workmanship is. Yeah, it's all art. It's art. It's what what's kind of interesting here is they probably used a licensed body for this. I would imagine uh, it's built uh, as a sixty-four and a half Mustang convertible. It's known as cage. I, I actually had one in that color. Oh my. It's a nice color. Actually. It's like yeah. burgundy, right? It was a maroonish burgundy. Yeah. It was. It, it's BASF glass writ glass writ burgundy brave. Yep. Mine was had a black interior and all the Chrome and stainless steel trim was, uh, treated with, Creecoat Titanium C150P, which is weirdly a finish that is used often on firearms. Creecoat, very durable. Hmm. It it's not affected by solvents. Um, it's not easily scratched. You know, so it's that's a, a that's a cool thing there. Uh, and this was commissioned by one of their clients, and the idea was to. Subtly evolve and modernize the original Mustang's lines and proportions while honoring the aesthetic of Ford's original pony car. And that's the neat thing. It looks, if you just look at it, you go, oh, yeah, that's just a nice Mustang, you know. But if you look closer, it's not, it's just all this subtle stuff. You know, like how. We have to. Yeah. We need to guess what this thing cost. I'm going to say a minimum of a half million. I would say probably. Um. Every Maybe. piece has been touched and updated with the original design cues down to the iconic Mustang taillight bezels. The best taillights ever, by the way, in the original Mustang. Yep. Uh, beautiful, beautiful car. Uh, there are a lot of nuances that went into the design, says uh, Jim Ring. 
and we're proud of every aspect of the bill. A build. The redesigned front grill is set back two inches and feeds air into the Ford Performance 5 liter Coyote engine. Um, and the custom built headers by the Ring Brothers, Flowmaster exhaust, all the good stuff here. 10 speed automatic transmission, a 10R80. Mm. Uh, Continental tires, one-off 18-inch EVOD industry wheels. The only thing that is not been touched are the center caps for those wheels. Those are Ford pieces. Uh, what a man! <laughs> That's but where how, you're left where speechless. Could, where could speechless. you drive it? Uh, I think you'd, you so expensive. Have it transported to shows. I love the treatment of the bumpers, though. Frankly, I wonder what that treatment would cost compared to chrome. I almost like it better. And it's probably a lot more expensive. Although it's a common coating, you know what I mean? So I don't know. Well, I think we'll just have to have the Ring Brothers on to talk about this. Something um, real quickly, um, I and and I should have known this, you know, uh, I know the people at Holman and Moody. Mm hmm from the old days, I wasn't aware uh, that they still have some original GT40 chassis. Wow. And, and body panels, and they're building them. Um, that, forget about finding one because they're all spoken for. They're a million dollars a piece. Wow. But they are actual le- legal GT40s. It's, you know, as a factory uh, they're new old number. stock, basically, right? Yeah, yeah. Wow, that is um, that is crazy. And I wish I knew that. I had gone down and visited <laughs> them before now. <laughs> Back in the day when they're like, yeah, that's just some old parts. Uh, what do you, you give us five hundred dollars for the pile there? And well, yes, uh, I was lucky to buy some stuff from them. Yeah. Um. This is an interesting thing. Down in Texas, somebody was found with $12 million of stolen catalytic converters. Big $12 million. Yes. What they would do, they put it out on the internet that they were buying, mm-hmm. and people called cutters who were cutting them off cars would yep. show up with a van with a load, and then they these people would buy them. Uh, the, the stupid part is though, they, uh, left all this stuff in their garage and when they, and, and then the police caught on to it, uh, <laughs> and, and they were found in seven Texas homes, but they kept all this stuff with them and including a stolen Dodge Charger Hellcat and 29 firearms. So Ooh. these are, guys are all around 20 years old and, you know, I guess they were either selling these things that had been, if they had been removed, uh, you know, without destroying them, they were selling them as a new catalytic converter to p- replace the one that they stole, which is kind of <laughs> ironic, uh, or just parting them out for the uh, precious metals. Uh, the precious metals, less are $2,148 per ounce for the palladium found. Yeah. Platinum and palladium. So that tells you what kind of money they're looking at. But kind of dumb to leave them at your home, don't you think? 
Well, yeah, uh, it seems to me that the first thing you learn when you're stealing stuff is to fence it off. Get rid of it. It's hot. Yeah. You know, and that's uh, why they call it hot. Yes. And they uh, and so <laughs> so they opened up their garages and found pi- piles of these things. Uh, hmm. Yeah. Didn't didn't Leno used to do a thing on dumb criminals where they just do dumb stuff? You you read about those all the time. Just stupid. Like a guy rips off an ATM and he leaves his ATM card in the machine. <laughs> right. A guy a guy uh, robbed a bunch of people and took a cab and left his wallet in the cab. <laughs> yeah. In exactly. New York City. Oh yeah, it's just great. Yeah, exactly. So wow. Uh the main target, believe it or not, is a Toyota Tundra. Well, I don't know why it, that is. I guess it's a big converter, big catalytic and, converter, and easy, easy to get to, easy to get to. Yeah, you know, enough ground clearance, and you can get tools in there. And uh, yeah, ah, that's lousy. That's lousy stuff. Could they make that out of something that was less? That would be a great tech piece to make a catalytic converter out of something that's just not very expensive. Uh, cardboard. <laughs> How well would that do when exhaust temperatures get got up pretty high? Uh, you're not, you can't start it. Yeah, pretty, pretty badly. Uh, hey, we appreciate you listening to Cruise Control. Don't forget to check us out at cruisecontrolradio.com. Time for me to say I'm Fred Staub. I'm Les Jackson. We're going to see you down the road. Bye. Cruise Control streams live every Saturday starting at 10 a.m. Eastern. Watch us live on Facebook and YouTube. Details are in this podcast's episode information.